to play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes four, five, and six of Kingdom season one. Oh my god. I didn't even change it and say we watched three episodes at a time because we always watch four episodes at a time. How have we had so many dramas in a row? That are messing up our flow. They, okay, I think it's a war on play on K, but that's just me. (laughs) It probably is just our problem for not reading the episode count before we start these shows. Yeah, Kingdom was the first time in a while that we took time to really count out how many episodes were part of the drama as a whole, which, of course, isn't finished yet. You better believe there will probably be a third season. We've really, there's a lot going on that's just, we used to have such a good setup, everything's changed, this is a new era for us, and it's hard to adapt, so thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> um, I am glad there's a season two. I would have been only somewhat satisfied with that ending for season one. They very clearly were like, we're not done here, we're doing a bit more, which I hate to see. Just make it 16 episodes, then finish it up. We have a system. Yeah. But there's a season two. There's, like, we've got more. I just hope they start to wrap it up a little bit better. Just a little bit. So that maybe, just maybe, at the end of season two, we can then, the the decision can be placed back in our hands if we cover that in our reviews, if we do our bonus and move on, you know, whatever we want to do. This is... If we can sleep at night not knowing what happens next, we'll see. We'll see. You know? We'll see what happens. Because if we were left with just that ending, and we uh, had to wait like a year or something for another season... I'd never sleep again. We'd never sleep again. How am I supposed to sleep this October? They did such a good job with the reveal of how the zombies actually work, because they had me. They had me tricked. I, too, thought it was at night. I thought it was nighttime zombies. They didn't give us any breadcrumbs to understand that it has nothing to do with night and everything to do with temperature. Oh, my God. And then this reveal at the same time of kind of that information Obviously, probably also a lot more information, but that information being a huge part of the queen's father and his experiments on people, where now he knows probably a lot about the zombies. But that moment where he's like, it's not the sunshine, y'all. And you're like, oh, no, I don't want him to know the most. I don't want him to be winning. He's winning. Such a good heart drop moment. Yeah, especially because you finally feel like, I don't know, I guess on the subject of him winning, you finally feel like these people who have been quarantined in a deadly section of the country, they cannot escape. And there's this thought that, yeah, but they've got it covered. They can figure it out. They're organizing They have learned so much since this began. They know about water, they know about fire, they know about the day and night. And, I don't know, just taking away even one section of that completely tips all of my good feels. (laughs) 
mm-hmm. way on their sides. I have no clue. Because, yeah, like, the good guys are not even close to winning now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep wondering how many zombies there are. Because there just seem to be, like, an infinite number, right? But then I think, like, I live in a tiny, tiny fishing village that has 5,000 people. And that feels like nothing, right? But if even 1,000 of these people became zombies, I couldn't fight a 1,000 people. It's simply a numbers game that becomes overwhelming very, very quickly. Speaking of a numbers game, also, yeah, that totally adds on to that. Okay, so... This has a purpose. This isn't just me being self-deprecating. I promise. I want to lead with that because it will be just like a little moment of like, I'm not a genius, right? I okay, I hold my that. own in this in this world. I do yeah. okay. I, I can function. I know yeah. some things. But I'm Very not smart. I'm not a genius and I'm not a master strategist. Correct? Yeah, so, in most lights, I would guess. Yeah, so 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 I guess all I'm saying is it doesn't take a genius to know what a bad idea it would have been to leave all of those refugees outside of oh the gates and just let them become part of the numbers of the hordes of dead that are attacking the gate. Why would you do that? Why, Why would, would that be a good that? idea? Do you think your gate is impenetrable? Why do you think that will spare the people inside? Why do you think that the people who are already inside of the gate will be safe if you let the hundreds of refugees lined up outside of the gates begging to come in also become part of the masses of zombies? That's insane. (laughs) Such bad math. It doesn't make any sense. No. Like, every time you let a person die, they become your enemy. Yeah. So why would you yeah, why would you want to add to that huge number both from a humanitarian and yeah, a, like wartime strategist thinking or survival, anything. There's not a single argument in which that's a good idea other than we'll run out of su- supplies, but even still, I think that currently as things stand, at least at the time that they knew that it, they only come at night, that wasn't their problem. Their problem was zombies. And if your problem is zombies, then maybe stop making more zombies. Yeah. That's a good start. Damn, dude. (laughs) So anyway, our prince is way more of a hero than I even anticipated, honestly. He's kind of been doing the most for everyone constantly. Um... And then also carrying the guilt of the times he couldn't do the most, because gee dang it, was it hard to watch those kids die when the soldiers shot the arrows into the little little refugee community. Ugh. Yeah, should we start to go chronologically with that? Yeah. We'll jump back to episode four. Yeah, B-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-
Yeah, he helps the elderly up the mountain when they get stuck. He's like, we're not leaving them. Oh my god. My heart. My whole heart. I was so scared. I so very rarely have to cover my eyes because I get so anxious. (laughs) I love horror. I, I live for horror. I was so anxious while they were running up that mountain. Just mere feet from the zombies pursuing them. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. I have, like, I feel my chest tightening just talking about it. Because you picture all those sweet, sweet old people in their little cart who they could have just left for dead. And they're like, no, no, no. We're gonna get all the good boys pushing this cart by hand. And, ugh. It's so sweet to see, and freaking that one of them sacrificed himself, and then you find out that homeboy, whose name I still have not learned, is like a sharpshooter. Yeah. Oh, how does he keep getting cool? What is this man? Who is this man? <laughs> the question on all of our minds, including the king's advisor. Another huge turnaround, because he was such just a lame kind of douchebag in the first episode being like ew starving people and this lady's like are you kidding me we don't have food to feed them like ain't that just the way bud and then obviously you know the cannibalism debacle not a great look no he hasn't it you know first three episodes maybe not the most heroic of heroes he did some stuff he was he was making a name for himself around episode three but these last three episodes the dude has been slaying. Yeah. And I love the mystery around him. That they're just like, I think he's from this elite group of tiger hunters. Who's to say? And then he, there's a scene of him leaving this sweet little boy who's been pretty, pretty wrecked. And you're like, what's that about? Clearly the boy has died. What's that about? Maybe Lord Anhyun has something to do with that. What's that about? And he's freaking Secrets McGee over here. Both of these dudes. Yeah, so many secrets and so many, like, so much going on with, I mean, the graves and the, uh, there's so many pieces to this puzzle that I feel like I should know. I still have no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, do we trust Lord On also? Should we get back to that in chronological order or talk about that no, now? We're talking about that now. Yes, okay, perfect. what the hell? Like, at first I wrote down, he reminds me of Kim, Kim Shin from Goblin. We rewatched Goblin recently. He's kind of what the Goblin should have been in that he was a war hero, he saved the country, and the country revered him for the rest of his life. They were like, you're going to live... Second to the king. Everybody loves you. And you're going to do just just have a great life over here in this little village. We're going to take care of you forever because you took care of us. Cute. Very sweet little storyline. It's what Kim Shin deserved. But by the end of the next two episodes, you're like, I don't know if I trust this dude. Why does he have a little army of like trained assassins working for him? Why does he have all these secrets that he's keeping from the prince? What? I mean, he's likely behind whatever's going on on that frosty cold mountain place that C- uh, COB and the other Cho 
guy. Yeah. I don't Bon Pal. Bon Pal. Um I mean he he's behind that in some way, right? He set up those bells or he had someone chained up there. It he is definitely part of it in some way. Yeah. He knew about those zombies. He was not surprised to hear that the dead were coming back to life. Yep, and what? he was ready. He and his little army were freaking ready to dispatch the boat zombies. What's happening? That was a really, really cool scene. Uh, yeah. Uh, jumping back to episode four so that I don't get ahead of myself with the boat. Yeah, we had... The sweet, sweet village people who made it through the night, suddenly half of them are dead by the arrows of the stupid Cho clan. My heart is breaking. I can't handle this show. I didn't know I'd be this sad. I guess I just have to be. They put the drama in K-drama with that because I also, I just, I guess it's one of those things where they start looping the politics in and sometimes that is my favorite and the best and so cool and sometimes it feels like freaking fodder to hurt my feelings right because <laughs> those people wouldn't have died without that political aspect i didn't want them to die they made it through the night it felt like they had done enough to survive mm -hmm. and then this show said no that's not how zombie virus meets politics works They've got to die of something up here. Ugh. The freaking cinematography, though, with the misty scenes where both the, the Cho clan is going through the compound and then eventually outside in the forest with the whistles. Some of the coolest things I've ever seen. Buck wild, though, right? Because it's so cool and visually stunning. But also, there was an aspect for me where I was a little bit like, okay, real convenient that this mist moves in and stays in this one concentrated area that we're, I don't know. <laughs> it was stupid. It was a stupid grievance. I just was so bummed about the people dying that I was like, oh, yeah, real convenient, Cho Clan. Obviously, they leveraged the mist. That's <laughs> completely reasonable. I just, gee dang it. It was so beautifully I so done. Much. I was so anxious, but also it felt convenient that all of a sudden there was just all of this mist that made it so much harder to, like, fight or see what was happening until all of the arrows had already been shot or whatever, right? Mm. I wasn't mad at it at all. I freaking loved it. Visually, just one of the coolest things I've ever seen. They did a good job. Uh, also, the uh, advisor of the king, the king's assistant, or sorry, the advisor of the crown prince, the crown prince's assistant, uh, knowing the whistle commands and being able to leverage that, so dope. That dude. If he's the one that, uh, quote unquote, is betraying, I mean, obviously it's Lord On, right? That's betraying... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The prince. Yeah, because he's trying to make it seem like it's one of the prince's uh, people Companions. that has been traveling with him, but I don't think it's the tiger hunter. I no. I think the only person they're trying to maybe point suspicion at is... It's oh, obviously yeah. not Sobi. Sobi. Um, yeah. And it's obviously not... Uh, Bum Pao? Is that right? 
Yeah. Um, it's, I, it, it's not him. He is too likely, right? Because he's part of the choke Yeah. Line. That's, that's like the red herring, I think. And so I think that's that fair. they're trying to point it at... Moo Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that it's Lord On that was set up in the most advantageous position to choose what side he wanted to be on. Oof. But why? For what purpose? I don't know. Maybe I'm making it up. I have no clue, because I don't know the motivations. Because if those were his motivations, it would have been more advantageous for him to turn over the crown prince at the time that the soldiers came to get him. But instead, he let the crown prince know what was up. Yeah, but maybe, right? Like, I don't know, maybe it's working up to an even bigger betrayal. Yeah, I also don't know when they, his any of the people he was traveling with would have had time, right? Like, mm-hmm. wh- when do you have time while you're running for your lives constantly to get a message out that we're headed toward Lord On? Yeah, via carrier pigeon. Yeah. What? What? No, we're all camping together all the time. Can I also ask... Back to the mist for just half a sec. Yeah, let's go. I was I thought when the mist rolled in that the zombies were also going to roll in. Yeah, what makes those so- soldiers immune to First of all the mist, second of all Okay, how wait, can <laughs> how we talk about scientifically mist? <laughs> how mist works for a second cuz yeah. is it cold in the mist? Um so oh. I'm only familiar with mist in Arima. What? Also, if it was the sun, that would make more sense, that the mist would block the sun. But since it was temperature, they actually act, they took out that loophole for me, I think. Yeah, yeah. They did good in that respect. I think that was maybe our first clue that it wasn't the sun. I didn't quite get all the way there because then they started up with some more drama. So I forgot about the zombies altogether. But even still, yeah. What it, What is the temperature threshold? How does it get instantly so cold at night that the zombies are okay? But if it's misty, it's not quite cold enough for a good zombie run. Yeah, yeah. That is very curious. Um, it's it's all very curious. Zombies in the mist. Just give me freaking zombies in the mist. Yeah, and I I'm, thought I'll that... Let all my questions go. I thought mist moved in to it what is it like high pressure or like it moves to i don't know i just thought there was also yeah a temperature based thing so it blocks out the sun but also i just feel like there's some kind of temperature based thing not that it would be like freezing because it's mist right but i guess also i don't have that much experience with mist i did live on the coast for a minute but also I don't know if I ever acknowledged, oh, it's cold because it's misty or not. Or if I was just like, oh, it's cold because it's fall. Yeah. Yeah. In summer in Arimo, we get a lot more mist and it makes it a lot cooler. But we're not as high in the mountains as they are in this show. We're still, yeah, yeah, right on the coast. So I assume it would be cool. Just give me misty zombies. Yeah. Yeah. See, okay, now we're sciencing back toward maybe that mist was only to seem cool and make it so it was easier for our people to get away from the soldiers. But at which point, though, they did not seem concerned at all about getting attacked by zombies in that forest. Like, they were real chill about rolling out of there, right? Yeah. 
They were like, ah, no need to rush after them. No biggie. We know where they're going. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's zombies in these woods. Yeah. You should probably probably start going after them. (laughs) Weird. Weird look, guys. Um, yeah. Oh, Jesus. That was my shoulder. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm old now. (laughs) We're all old here. Welcome to old age. (laughs) Episode five, we got Hey Zombies, which I would say second best after any missed zombies we could have had. Because seeing those cool zombies run around covered in hay, like friggin' spooky scarecrows, very, very cool. Yeah, and just, yeah, the visuals of being almost in like a corn maze, like a hay maze. And that's always spooky, because we've been taught that yeah, that low visibility area. Thank you, Stephen King, for teaching us that corn mazes are spooky. I'm sure he's not the only one. There was, like, Children of the Corn. Um, but, yeah, like, we were taught that stuff like that is spooky. Like, the tall grass and the tall wheat and the tall corn and the low visibility and how you can just get lost in it because it goes on for so long and... Just those villagers, it was so eerie, too, watching them try to square off to... Uh Because it's one of those things, right? They really thought that they were defending their city. They were convinced. And that maybe is one of those moments where, hey, Prince, maybe it's like a good time to say, you're all fully pardoned. There won't be a punishment. We just have to know where the bodies are because the stakes here are pretty high. Please, thank you. For real. Instead of like, your punishment will be lessened. It's like, no, how about... (laughs) There's no time for that. I get that you're trying to do your job right now, but what do you want your priority to be? Because I think your priority needs to be that these people give you what you want. Yep. Go ahead and leverage your power for that, bud. That's the most important thing You can't be like, you're going to get a little less beheaded. I'll give you that. I'll behead only the people who I think might have been less involved or more involved with whatever happened. It's like, no, no. How about no beheadings? Tell them now ahead of time so that they feel comfortable with giving you what you need. Thank you. There are like four of you and a whole lot of them. It's again, it's a numbers game. It's just this whole show. It's just a numbers game. Yep, it's a numbers game, and people need to be more aware of that than they are, because I really think (laughs) no one even mentioned it, right? Even the crown prince was just coming at it from a humanitarian standpoint of we're not letting people die. No, we're not letting people become zombies, specifically. (laughs) We don't care about your freaking being just and kind. No, we're done with that. It's zombie world now. We gotta keep the numbers on our side keep people alive just for their usefulness okay yeah exactly (laughs) play on k the utilitarian podcast (laughs) yikes um what was i gonna say god i had something else but all i want to talk about for just a hot second because my brain wants to talk about this is the queen doesn't have a baby i fucking knew it Raquel called it. Are you kidding me? She looked like a liar. She looked like a lying <laughs> pregnant person. Is she gonna steal Mu Young's baby? Um, almost certainly. I forgot. 
that I forgot. I should have known. Mm-hmm. I just saw that woman uh-huh. talking about her husband and I was like, great, sounds good. Yeah. She has the sweetest smile I've ever seen. Moo Young. Yes. Damn. You got a very cute wife, Moo Young. She's gonna um, steal Moo Young's baby. And probably just murder his wife. His wife needs to get out of there. She needs to, I think she's gonna figure out what's going on. I'm she rooting seems for her. Like a smart cookie, but that said, if she knows what's going on, she's in danger. And if she knows what's going on, she's probably gonna try and help the other women. Because she's Don't a good do person. That. Don't be a good person. Just it's, leave. Just go get out of here, hide. Take someone to help you have the baby, right? That's probably important. Don't go have it alone. Have it away from the queen, though. That bitch is crazy. She's gonna steal your baby, and she's gonna make it the king. And you're gonna have no way to prove that's your dang baby. And probably Uh, she'll be killed. Let's be honest. Yeah, you'll be dead. Yeah. Um. Because. Shit, yeah, that's... I hate all of this. I I was gonna say, I really, really hate the queen. And I thought I hated her most until she has every single interaction with her dad. And then I'm like, no, I hate him the most, obviously. I almost root for the queen in those scenes when he's like, I gave you everything and I could take it all away. I'm just like, I want her to slap him and be like, I'm the queen and walk away. I want You're literally her- the queen. To push him into the water and he can be eaten by all of the anchored zombies in there. Okay. Yeah. You're literally the queen. Do whatever you want. I feel like she will eventually, right? She's gonna snap. She's gotta snap. One of them will come out of it alive and one of them will come out of it dead. And it just depends on if he anticipates her snapping before she can do it and have him killed. I hope not. I hope she's able to kill him, because he drives me crazy. Yeah, he's the worst. I just, obviously, money or power-hungry people are the worst. Clearly, we all hate a power-hungry villain. But, boy howdy, do I just not understand anything about this guy or his motivations really past now that his son is- I guess, like, what's your motivation to get your grandson- on the throne, your non-existent grandson. Um, and then from there, I guess, cool. Like, you've got a long dynasty at the cost of literally the country. Because you really fucked this up, dude. I've sworn <laughs> a lot this episode. Sorry, everybody. Last episode was cannibalism episode. This episode is say the F word constantly episode. <laughs> they earned it with these storylines. I feel like... Yeah, like, what's the end goal? Just to be like, our family will be the on the throne forever? Like you said, you've kind of ruined the country anyways. I, the only tiniest of silver linings with <laughs> freaking the queen stealing a baby from an innocent woman and then murdering her is that at least it's a power play over her dad. And that's where we're at in this show. Yep, is Those that are we the are only happy moments that, that we get. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, can you help me understand something that happened in with that? Because I think I get it. Obviously, something sketch happened, and 
smart people are supposed to know what it was, but there, it was too much high context, too much, um, you know, like, or too little telling me exactly what happened. Did they <laughs> straight up murder that mom and baby? Maybe. Uh, why, I guess, uh, is my follow-up question if they did. Because if it was a girl, wouldn't it be just as simple and clean to be like, great, all right, good Going job. Away. You had a daughter. I don't give I don't give a crap, right? Like Yeah. No biggie. And then she's like, cool, thanks. I appreciated all the good food. Sounds good. Peace. Is and- is it just like a she'll start spreading rumors about this place that exists? Is it like a if you come into this compound, you will never leave situation? Yeah, maybe. Like they don't want her to be able to say whoever right whoever is there that they take the baby from maybe they don't want everyone else to say oh yeah she was at this compound with these people where yeah, maybe they was don't pregnant. yeah okay they don't want any word of this compound getting out that tracks it's my I guess. only thing yeah i was thinking too small the queen was thinking big she was thinking big she was thinking murder she has all of her bases covered (laughs) just murder anyone who walks in that compound eventually they're all gonna die hey queen don't don't do that come on man boo i hate that storyline yeah so do will all of those moms die then likely yeah great i hate that and how i guess my only question was Mu Young's wife at some point was like, I'm here because my ho- husband suggested I come here while he's away on his trip. So, like, Mu Young knows about the place. Oh, he's a loose end. I but guess that that's means a, his I baby is a, for sure going to get stolen and his wife is going to get killed. That's, like, a given, I think, at this point, yeah. right? But is that, like, a clue that tips the scales in the direction of maybe he's in with the Cho clan. Maybe. If he's like, I know about the queen's secret facility for pregnant women. My wife's going to go stay there. Like, obviously, I don't think he knows that his wife's going to get murdered there. But, yeah, I think we need more questions answered about how much does the outside world know about this facility? Because obviously yeah. it's full of, like, widows and people that quote-unquote nobody cares about, so they won't be missed. So my assumption is that it's a secret facility. But then how does Moo Young know about it? Why is his wife there? Yeah, that's two things to me. First of all, it means that she won't get away, because I think the only way that she would is if she could be, right, like the secret trail that led back to that, the loose end, because they need that for the drama, is a loose end. Um, but now Mu Young can be the loose end. Ah! Yeah. But also, he could very much be in league with the Cho clan. Um, or maybe she unintentionally is passing information that she knows. I just don't knows. want it to be anything. Yeah. Like, I want Mu Young to be a good guy. I want his cute, cute wife to live. I want the queen to not get her stolen baby given to her. I want everything to work out. Is that and, too much to ask? And I want her dad to die, obviously. I want her dad to die and the crown prince to take the throne. 
are these too many things to ask? Apparently, because I just feel like we're only, it's only sadness from here, really. Yeah. Because the one time I thought the good guys were winning, they were not. I don't know what else to say about this show. I've ran out of things. We're um, only halfway through our episode. Yeah, gee dang it. It feels like we've been talking for hours. Because we covered the whole show. We've never seen a show this short. Yeah. Um, were there any moments that we missed that were important? Um, I did think the boat zombies would be a bigger deal than they were. That, but they really were just the way that we found out that Lord Otten knows more than he is letting on. Oh. oh. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like that could have been more exciting, but it was as a storytelling device, I was fine with it. I liked it. I I feel like this show's maybe hard to talk about because a lot of the appeal comes from the cinematography and the incredible shots that they get. Like the queen walking to the freaking throne room. It's like five scenes. It's they're each so beautiful in their own way. It's a solid two minutes of just silence and beautiful shots. How are we going to talk about that? I don't know. Yeah, it's tough because, yeah, like you said, the cinematography is outstanding. And then we've said it. And now we've said about some of the scenes. I was in awe of the scene where she was standing alone just after her dad pretty much said, you are meaningless to me, and everything I've given you, I can take away. And then he walks away. And oh my god. She's standing at the end of that little gazebo, uh-huh. and it's the most beautiful scenery, and it's so stunning to see, uh, I don't know, just... And then no, at the bottom of that pond is just a bunch of zombie bodies. If a zombie drowns, but then gets unanchored, can it still swim to the top? I don't know if it can swim, but I think if you, if it like floated to the top, then it would still be a threat or something. Or if somehow the pond dried up, like the zombies don't just die, obviously, unless you chop their head off. Or burn them? Or burn them. I feel like... I feel like Homeboy, Crown Prince Homeboy, said at one point, these zombies are scared of water and fire. And we've seen them use a lot of fire, but I didn't think the zombies were, like, scared of fire. I think they low-key avoid it, but it's really low-key, because, yeah, like you said, I I guess they just haven't been consistent with it, if, uh, if that is the case, because it's fine if they're afraid of fire. Why are they so capable of continuing to function when really on fire? Yeah, it seems like that doesn't really stop them. Yeah, it's maybe a deterrent because of the temperature, but then if they're on fire, oh. why don't they just lay down and die? Maybe that was the other clue, that it's temperature-based. That if it mm. gets too hot then they avoid it or do so- do something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It burns them. But yeah, I feel like it hasn't been super consistent. So I can give them that maybe in the first three episodes we talked about how cool the fire dude was. 
maybe that wasn't a zombie. Maybe that was just a citizen who had caught on fire. I don't actually know. But I feel like zombies have caught on fire and done nothing about it. You know, they've kept running around being zombies. Like you said, it doesn't feel like the same reaction as when the sun hits them and they try and run and hide somewhere. And then go dormant. Maybe that's what they're trying to do as they run, and they're not actually Mm -hmm. a threat to anyone when they're on fire, because they're hot, and they're trying to hide from an inescapable heat, because it's attached to them. Yeah, that's fair. We have not had clinical trials. We have (laughs) not seen enough fire zombies to really be able to tell. Yeah, we're we're not more more of that. Yeah, he's going to have to go back to the drawing board, back to his labs, his zombie labs, Uh to understand how fire affects them. Because, yeah, I think maybe there was supposed to be something that we got out of Lord On setting a fire ring in the hayfield and being like, they're not going to run away because they're scared of fire. But I was like, they're not going to run away because there's people to eat right here. Like... Why would they turn around and try and run through the fire? That would be weird. Like, you wouldn't ever turn around and run into fire when the alternative is eating, like, a freaking steak dinner, right? Right? I'm I'm also not going to do that. Okay. That's not a zombie thing. Run away from a steak dinner when there's not fire, right? Like, I'm still going to go ahead and eat that steak dinner. I don't know why I'm implying right now that steak dinner is, like, my favorite meal. (laughs) I don't even think it's in the top contenders. (laughs) But, you know, that crown prince, he's a fine slab of meat. (laughs) If that's an appropriate way to refer to people, I don't know. Today's political landscape is a hairy one. (laughs) Can we refer to princes as fine slabs of meat? I assume so. I think fictional princes in a zombie universe. But yeah, I guess for them, that's fully what he is. So I think it's an appropriate term. Mm. We nailed it. We nailed this (laughs) metaphor. So yeah, I'm not convinced with the fire. I liked the idea of protecting the river and the marshlands because they don't like water i think that's been shown to us time and again so that felt good that felt right to me the rest of it man what do i know i just know that sobi and bumpal i love them together i'm sad they're gonna die together on their little island trapped by zombies yeah i am a little bit sick of him right i'm on team so be sick of that dude's shit um but also i I, at one point i loved him before he got on that boat and was like is this bad uh it's probably fine and then also (laughs) still turned around and had jealous feelings um Mm. i'm sorry i guess what i'm saying is you're not allowed to be jealous if previously you didn't seem to mind so much leaving her potentially to die with a bunch of other peasants and the crown prince. And suddenly you care? Buddy, you're gonna have to work a lot harder. But I'm here for it. I'm always here for a ship, so I'm okay with him being like, I did bad. I did real, real bad. I made a mistake. 
and I'm going to follow you around until I can repent for it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he can save her in any way. But if she has to continually save him, maybe it's not a relationship worth pursuing. One final thought that we don't have to really dwell on necessarily. I just thought it was a very interesting way to talk about power. I liked it. Was that uh, power is not having the most money or like the things money can buy. It's having, it's being so terrifying that no one will ever ask you about the bodies that you've dropped at the bottom of the pond. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Let's, <laughs> let's maybe not unpack that, but worth, worth saying aloud again to ruminate <laughs> on. We'll talk about it next week. Kidding. I don't know if we'll talk about it next week. Oh, uh, but yeah, what a line. What a dude. What a fascinating dude. I hate him. <clears throat> <laughs> Terrifying. Um, so yeah, I guess since this was a season finale, let's talk about it in maybe some emails, right? Like, maybe let's talk about the season or something. If you have thoughts, if we are a... Uh, Boom, Paul, and Siobhi, Stan. You can email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. I don't know why I said all of it that way. Uh, I, <laughs> um, I think, yeah, we'll cover more of our, like, bonus episode, like, rate and uh, awards ceremony. We're going to do all that in a bonus episode after season two. So wait for all of that. Hopefully season two is just as good as season one and we don't have to do split ratings. But if you have a rating that you're like, I really, really want to tell you my split ratings. Season one gets its own rating and it is this. You can give us a quick little hey over on Instagram at Play on K Podcast or on Twitter at Play on K. Yeah, or uh, you can always just let us know that you're listening to the podcast or give us some likes or some scribes or some subscribes, <laughs> uh, whatever feels right, wherever you listen to podcasts, doing any of those things really helps us out. It helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. Yeah, we have a website. That's a big one. We work really hard on it. It has a link to our Patreon. It has all of our existing episodes. You can sign up for our newsletter there so that you never miss when we start a new show. And you can find our affiliate links for NordVPN, Blueberry Podcasting, and Skillshare. And that is all at playonk.com. Yeah, and then uh, I think that's just about everything. I think we've covered it all. We do have a Patreon if you oh. want to talk about it. Yeah, we have a Patreon. I always want to talk about our Patreon. We do some bonus stuff over there. We have fun. Check it <laughs> out. We're going to do a bonus after this episode, one of our Dewey Ship It's. Yeah, we do Dewey Ship It's where we talk more about the relationships in the K-drama. Or rather, if we how to what extent we really like a relationship and why. We do a deep dive for like... 10 minutes or something. And then we also have some videos up. I don't know if they're worth... Sorry, I'm gonna say it. I don't know if they're worth paying for so far. The next <laughs> videos hopefully will be much better. I'm learning video editing. It's been tough. Thank you for everyone who even tried to watch that. It 
means a lot. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, check out our Patreon. We have a couple tiers. Go see if they feel right for you. And that's patreon.com slash play on, play on cake. I think that's it. So join us for season two of Kingdom. We'll stick to the three episode format starting next week. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.